This is the Blended Creole Podcast, where we discuss two lives, Southern and Haitian roots. Join us as we talk about family, investing, and seeing the world. While learning about how we tackle blending our lives, from our finances and redefining our relationship with debt, to our Insta family. Welcome to the Blended Creole Podcast. I'm Jay. And I'm Liz. podcast i'm liz i'm jay and this is episode 10 and this was actually a request from one of our listeners uh to for us to discuss life insurance um so i will be honest that i feel like jay is definitely the lead here um you know for the most part for me when it has come to life insurance i've taken the advice of people i've trusted so my father before Jay and now Jay about what we need. Um, and so essentially, I think for this episode, we'll discuss the different types of life insurance, um, what we have, uh, as well as um, how we decided how much we needed in terms of the amount of life insurance that we have. And then one question that we got that neither of us thought of was, if the unfortunate did happen, what does the person who survives what's the intention of the life insurance interesting policy so interesting question let's kick off with essentially uh the different types of life insurance so there's term life insurance and there's a uh, whole life insurance so what first what is life insurance right life insurance is simply um you want to make sure you replace your income if 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 you happen to die you, you're going to replace the income for your family um the same way if you have car insurance um, you get into an accident, um, you want life insurance, God forbid something happens to you and you pass away and you want you don't want your um, your wife or your spouse dealing dealing with the, the headache of having to replace your income um, that quickly. Right. Um, especially, you know, us being with the type of careers that we have, um, life insurance is something that's vital and important. And, and one aspect of my career with the military is mandatory. Like if you're married, um, your your wife has to sign off saying that your husband declined um life the, life, the life insurance is, is that important because um, we've seen many many examples of individuals passing away um especially within the past 20 years with the with the being in war zones passing away and not having a suitable ample amount of life insurance um to cover even exp- uh, minor expenses a funeral um, funeral costs and to cover the the loss that 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 um, spouse or family member was was bringing in um, on a, on an annual basis. So it is very very important in um, part of the financial long term planning for um, for yourself or your family to to obtain life insurance. Um, we're not uh, we're not advi- special yeah, advisors. No. Um, we're just essentially discussing what we what we've done and some of the mistakes. Um, I know me some of the mistakes I made because. I have had both whole life insurance and term life insurance. And um, and we won't discuss any particular policies as far as companies that we have, um, because we're not here to advocate for any particular uh, policy. But we do at this point have term life insurance. And I'm just going to reference our friend the internet to just simply define that term life insurance is the simplest form of life insurance. And so it only pays out if death occurs uh, during the term of the policy, which is typically one to 30 years. Correct. 
So that's the very simplest form of term life insurance. And so the difference then with whole life insurance, it pays the benefit uh, whenever you die. So if you live beyond the 30 years, then there's a payout. Um, but Jay's going to explain where the difference lies and why whole life insurance, at least for us, did not make sense. Um, and typically probably doesn't make sense for m- most, most people. people. Yeah. Um, so uh, go into that, Jay. Okay. So I guess we'll talk about what we have, right? Um, yeah. So we both work for the federal government. And uh, so we ha- we have that life, that term life insurance um, with, with the federal government. Um, and I go, are we going to discuss numbers or are we going to get directly in, into it? Or are we just going to let them know that we have the term? No, we'll, we'll discuss numbers. So first, let's talk about the difference between the, the term and the life, why someone will get term insurance compared to life. And then we can go into exactly what we have and how we set okay. up our life insurance. So term life insurance is exactly what Liz said, right? So you, you get with an insurance company. Um, there are many insurance companies out there. You guys go ahead and do your research on that. But you get with an research uh insurance company and you determine um the term of that policy so so we'll use car insurance for an example every year you renew your car insurance right? so that's an annual term term life insurance the max you can do is 30 year terms um the way we decided to do it was that um i had already uh i had life insurance through, through the federal government and uh with the military so um as you know liz and i started doing our planning i got with her and said you know what we're we're at age 30 35 or 36 and let's decide to get a, ter- a term, a thirty-year term life policy now, while we're still while we're still healthy. That term life policy we do it for thirty years, and that ex- that covers us for um, an additional amount for the next thirty years until we turn sixty-five. Right, that's the age we want to retire. So ideally, us getting that policy, establishing that policy at thirty-five, thirty-six made sense because, especially with all of our um, financial planning and things that we've uh, things that we're doing to get debt free and, and get financially free age 65 we should be totally fine and not need additional insurance if we just cover ourselves up to then so i had a, a policy at work that was already five hundred thousand to add the military policy that was uh already four hundred thousand that brings to, to nine hundred thousand so i decided an additional three hundred thousand um three hundred thousand dollar term life policy for 30 years would be ample amount that brings it to 1.3 million dollars would be ample amount if something happened um to me um, that my family w- would be okay with that, um, with that amount of money. You have how much now? What's your ter- term? So I also have a thirty-year term life insurance policy for three hundred thousand, and then also through the federal government, I have um, life insurance that's around eight hundred and eighty-six, almost nine hundred thousand dollars. And initially for me, um, I think I've always had the basic life insurance through the federal government. So any federal and government employees out there, it's essentially it's your FEGLI. So the federal employment group life insurance that you're allowed to pay into. Um, But where you get that additional money. So if you have the basic, it's one hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars. And where you can add additional money is when you add your multiples. So I have five multiples, which is about six hundred and thirty thousand dollars. And I calculated that uh, this was before I got with Jay. And this was based upon how much student loan debt I had, um, how much 
uh, I owed on the mortgage of the home that I had. Um, and that would have ensured that my parents would have been able to pay that stuff off and still have money for my son. Um, and so that's essentially how I calculated that initially. So what, so let's think, let's walk these timelines, right? So with work, when that, from now until we retire, we're covered for that amount of money. Um, from now until I get out the military, I'm covered for that amount of money, which is 400000 And from now until 65, we're covered for that um, 300000 So those totals are essentially from now until we retire. You know, we'll either, if anything happens to either of us, we'll be covered with, with that amount of money. Why is that important, right? Um, you know, you hear a lot of stories of individuals inheriting money once, they're, once their parents die. Um, you know, you want to definitely be... This life is, we know we everybody's going to die someday. So we want to be able um, to leave, you know, your family with something that they can build on, not just the debts, right? Um, as Liz already mentioned, um, the way the way we calculated it was you all you calculate all your debts and, you know, you want to make sure you leave them enough for whoever your beneficiary is to pay off those debts and still have some money um, to take care of to take care of themselves god forbid you 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 leaving behind a, a wife or a child right um that you want to make sure you calculate the amount um large enough so you know they can be essentially financially free and, and leave with, with no headaches you don't want to leave them um, with, with any of with your debts um so with the work we have the group term life insurance the only difference between the term life and uh, the group term life is that it's offered to a group meaning like all the employees at work um so the whole life policy. So the whole life policy I had um, when I was in college, right? So I was uh, always kind of doing a financial um, financial planning thing, and it was sold to me as a savings account. So what a whole life policy is, it's, um, it's a policy that covers you for your entire life, essentially. Um, and then what you do is you pay a premium on that, and then that amount is, is held as a savings account. And you can there's a cash value attached to that whole life policy. The trick is that cash value doesn't. It, so, for instance, you take a policy out for three hundred thousand dollars. I had a a New York life policy for three hundred thousand dollars. I was paying two hundred dollars a month for that two hundred dollars a month for that policy. So, and to put that into perspective, my thirty year term life insurance policy is about four a little less than five hundred dollars for the year. For the year, and you're paying how much in in, in a premium a month? So I don't pay mine monthly. So I opted. Jay pays his monthly, which turns out to be like thirty, thirty some dollars a month. But I pay it annually, which is just a straight. And I think I paid it annually because they gave like a discount. discount So which is four hundred seventy seventy nine dollars, right? Yeah, to pay that. So you imagine you paying four hundred seventy nine dollars for the year for a policy that covers three hundred thousand. I was paying three hundred dollars. I had a policy that covers three hundred thousand dollars, and I was paying two hundred dollars a month. So, you now those numbers right then and there are absolutely crazy, right? So I was paying two hundred dollars a month, two hundred dollars a month, and after like year two, um, I went and looked at my cash value for that New York policy. The cash value was only about fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> so, so you would think, right? You're paying two hundred dollars a month. The cash uh, value is going to be the amount that you're putting in a month. No, no. what the company, what, 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 what that policy, um, the, the. The company, well, New York Life in this case, um, they were making money off that policy. That cash value doesn't become abundant until you're at like year 15. So imagine if you do the calculations, you're $200 a month for 15 years. 
and your cash value is not even equivalent to the amount that you've put in. Now, the benefit of a whole the benefit of that policy is that you know you can use that amount of that cash value for anything else, right? So if I want to invest, the the catch for me was I want to invest in real estate. It could it's like an it's like a savings account where I could take out fifteen years later and and invest that policy. That's if you decide to use that. If you don't decide to use that, and you do die, that. $200 a month that you're putting in, they your family doesn't <laughs> get that. It's gone. It's completely gone. Bye. The only thing that they get is that value, which was $300,000. Yeah. So that's why we stayed away from uh, that type of policy. We're not telling anyone to stay away from that type of policy, but term life insurance is the life insurance that you that you should be um that we recommend that that you that you that, that you makes the most into. sense for us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes the most I don't sense know if there may be certain circumstances where whole life insurance makes sense for other people, but to put things into perspective, right? So Jay said, if you over fifteen years are paying two hundred dollars a month, that comes up to two hundred and sixteen thousand dollars that you have invested into this policy, and your cash value amount. Is not equivalent to that two hundred sixteen that sixteen thousand six two hundred sixteen thousand dollars. Your cash value would probably be let's say a hundred thousand dollars, one hundred twenty thousand dollars. So that amount that you've put in, you are not getting back with that policy. Right, and so the thing to consider is that okay, instead of taking essentially uh, what twenty four hundred a year and putting towards a life insurance policy. You can take the $400 and get term life insurance and qualify that if you die before, you know, within those 30 years. So for us, if we die before we're 66, our survivor, our surviving spouse gets $300,000. And then you could take the other $2,000 and go put it in another investment account. So a mutual fund somewhere else that can also make you money that's not dependent on you dying. You dying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so you know you know you want to you want to match your your contribution dollar to dollar for dollar essentially so if you're putting 200 dollars and if you put 200 dollars into a mutual fund um where it, it may fluctuate with the stock market but you know you had you had essentially you'll get 200 dollars back so if you put 216 thousand dollars into 100 to a, a, a insurance policy and you're not getting 200 you can't the cash value does is not 216 thousand dollars back you know, you've essentially wasted your money when you could have invested. You could have invested that money for 15 years into a, a good growth Something stock else. mutual fund. You you would have had much more, much more than two hundred sixteen thousand um, dollars. So, again, that's why we opted out of that t- that sort of policy. Um, so, again, we, we have the personal term life insurance. and You have the work life insurance. And again, how we decided that was at the time. Right. So we're thinking um, we have all this real estate. Um we have any any outstanding debts that we have we just accumulated the amount of debt that we had even though we are trying to be debt free we accumulated the amount of, of debt that we had and we said you know what we want to have at least this much amount of money um plus more to ensure that the, all the debts are paid off and you know you're free and there is no burden once once someone dies right. is 1.3 million dollars enough Yes, I would think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a look. I'm getting a very strange look. I would think I so. I didn't know it was, honestly, until today, really, it was that much uh, money that yeah. Jay has. It's a lot. It's, uh, a lot. it's pretty much a price tag on your head. Just in, This <laughs> guy. But that $1.3 million, um, I'd laugh and joke, but, you know, there's a lot of kids out there that can, you know, if you die, you your kids could be set up for a long time with $1.3 million. Right. Um, and again, it's... 
even if you're not living a debt-free life, right? You know, you want to make sure, you know, all the burdens are gone. Like, for instance, if if you have, you know, if I left you, if we had a house, that house should be paid off and you turn around and you do whatever you want with that money, right? So right. Um, it, make sure the kids' college is paid for it. There's a lot of things that can be done and that could relieve a huge burden um, when somebody passes away. Of course, it, the money doesn't replace a life. No. But, um, <laughs> but you definitely want to ensure that, you know, your family is well taken care of. And it, it's important to have the conversation about it, Absolutely. right? So don't go sign up for the term life insurance without talking to your significant other, um, especially if you have... I mean, goodness, when you pass away, whatever is going to happen with the money is going to happen with it. But if you had a particular idea that, okay, I want half of it to go into a trust fund for the kids, half of it is going to cover everything else. You know, you need to have those conversations that I think a, a lot of times people don't have about, you know, how do you plan for you know, the worst case scenario. And I think, um, so even though mine is uh, f with the government, it's at 800 and about $86,000. Another part of that was accidental um, death insurance. And I think sometimes like Jay talks about with our careers, depending on where you serve, if you served in a war zone or a place where you could accidentally pass away, getting the accidental um uh, death and dismemberment. Death, yeah, is an additional uh, feature you may want to add to your policy. I mean, accidents, they do happen. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've met uh, within uh, my career that, you know, the unexpected has happened. Um, and it doesn't have to be something super tragic. I mean, people die of natural causes people die of i mean car accidents happen all the time, all the time. um and if it's a car accident while you're at work all those things that you know no one really likes to talk about but i mean it's it's a reality of life um and you do want your family to be set up as jay was saying um and so i mean i had um i had a, a co-worker her she lost her husband um this is about three four years ago she lost her husband and you know we had this this exact conversation right she had um, you know in her in her view she you know she thought it was a good life insurance she had the the whole life insurance policy um and she mentioned how she was paying three three fifty dollars three hundred fifty dollars a month um and unfortunately her, her husband passed away um but her 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 death but his death benefit was only around three four hundred thousand dollars and just you know she was happy that she was now she of course she was happy that she was getting the money but it wasn't enough to cover um the the the, the current bills that she had I mean, if she had the a, loss if she of had income a, when your spouse dies if basically. she had a better policy you know it would have been to cover every but that amount of money that she paid she would have been able to cover all her expenses pay off a house um and things of that nature yeah three hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money that she was three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money that she was getting um but just the education of, and not knowing that, you know, she could have her, her husband or, or she could have did a lot more with that money, sending three hundred, three hundred to three hundred fifty dollars a month to a company and, you know, not necessarily enjoying that cash, that cash value. You know, that money could have been been put to better use. Um, so th these conversations are important. And um, because think about it, like if you if your spouse makes, let's say, six, six figures, right, if they make at least one hundred thousand dollars. Um, that 
term life insurance that you're going to get that 300,000 is a basically a supplement of their income for three years. So what happens beyond those three years for you? So if you haven't paid off your house or it's not enough to pay off your house and you're used to and you've tailored your lifestyle to a dual income household, how are you going to now pay your mortgage? You still once have that? you still have kids you still potentially yeah. have kids in college or yeah. Well, how, what are you going to do? What is the plan? So I think this is this also speaks to um, I think for us as uh, our decision to go down the debt free route too, right? Because right now, you know, once we're debt free, um, if you know the unfortunate happens and we do end up with those life insurance policies, I mean, we're setting up passive income with the rental real estate, and if we don't have any debts. That's just $300,000 going to one of us that you then can decide to invest wisely or do what you wish with compared to feeling the stress that can come with, okay, this this covers, you know, part of our mortgage, but I still have, you know, especially in this area, we talked about looking at houses. If we brought a $700,000 house and we owe six hundred on it, then I someone would still need to figure out how to pay off the remaining balance. Absolutely. Um, and that doesn't take that money to put towards the kids or any other sort of expenses that would come about. And so it's really important to talk about um, kind of estate planning and how do you plan for uh, the worst case. Um, so, yeah, so we talked about how we decided what we needed. So calculate your debt. Uh, so think about if you died today how much money would your spouse need to essentially hopefully set them up to be as debt-free or close to debt-free as possible, um, helped us determine what we needed. So a lot, and a lot of people just recommend as a simple formula of 10 to 12 times the annual income. Um, so again, if you make $100,000 a year, simple math, you want a million dollar, $1.2 million policy. Um, and that could be broken up into, you don't have to have one policy. That could be broken up into multiple policies. As You could have one for work, which is group term life. You can you can have multiple policies. Um, there's a strategy out there where people do it every five years until they're like 45. Um, and the healthier you are, the cheaper the policy is. So right. You so could, you do get an exam. Exactly. There's a medical exam. And some companies do the exam. Don't, some companies yeah. don't do the exam. Um, like my, so once I retire from the military officially in about a year and a half, I'll have to, I'll get another policy because my military policy will be gone because I retired. So I'll get another policy and that policy doesn't require an exam. Um, so I'll probably get the same amount of money and turn around and, um, and, and get the same uh, coverage that I had in the military, probably another three hundred to $400,000. So what, what some people do is, you know, they start at 30 and then get another policy at 35, get another policy at 40, get another policy at 45. Um, so, you know, you can make sure you're covered up until you're, 60 65 70 75 if you do uh if you get policies in increments of you know increments every of every five, five years. years and a policy doesn't have to be for 30 years you could do a 20-year policy a 15-year policy a 10-year policy um again you need to cater that to your family right and and your health and in in your family needs um and it's relatively inexpensive and instead of having to pay 200 300 for a whole life policy um you can pay less than less than $50 a month and be covered for the next 30 years for a substantial amount of money. Yeah. So I guess this is a question that neither of us really focused on, or I mean, mm -hmm. I at least hadn't really thought about. Um, so Jay, if I pass away tomorrow, 
what are you doing with oh i guess we should talk about beneficiaries that was, that's what I was we did say. definitely Am I sure? are you sure i'm the beneficiary i would Is say coming to me i looked at the policy so when i set up our our my policy uh we weren't married, so he's not the beneficiary on the policy that I currently have. Uh, you know, with all honesty. So, yeah, that's something that eventually I'll need well, to change. She's not the beneficiary of mine either. So, so it's a, there we go. Not on one of mine. So, those things need to get changed. So, yeah, you can see, like, the first year of marriage, there's tons of stuff to reconfigure and to adjust. And not that it's not been a priority. I think we probably just got caught up in. She didn't want me to be the beneficiary. Jeez, I mean, let's let's also go to the fact that he would have custody of C, so therefore, I mean, it would only make sense, right? You would FC think, put two and two together, gets <laughs> put two and two together. the money, then he. Anyways, I'm not even going to entertain mm-hmm. that situation. Um, but uh, yeah, so we do need to update who the beneficiaries are on our policies. Uh, we also need to, and we'll do an, a future podcast, I think, about this, is our estate planning, creating our wills, um, conversation. I have a will separately, but, and yeah, we definitely we have both, to yeah. adjust the wills and... All that good stuff. It's so, a lot, a lot to go through, a lot to discuss. Um, and, yeah, so that's the beneficiary talk. And the beneficiary is just essentially um, who gets who gets uh, the money once in the event that you die. And yeah, you can, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent. A lot of policies let you split 25, 25, 25, 25, um, 50, 50. Um, and again, you, something to think about. You don't want to leave it to anybody that's under age. Um, cause some policies won't pay it. Policies won't pay that out. They'll just leave it in, in a trust until, um, if you leave it to your kids, they'll leave it to, they'll leave it in a trust until that kid's turning 18 years old. Um, so you want to be sure you're picking out your, your, your beneficiaries wisely as well. Um, and if you do pick out a beneficiary, you want to make sure you talk to them about that. Yeah. Um, you don't want to, um, and I've seen this firsthand as well. Um, individuals have some, <laughs> especially in the military, somebody thinks they're the beneficiary or something. Or somebody was married, they get a divorce, and then they didn't change their, their beneficiary. Oh, yes, and, the ex-wife. And the money went to the ex-wife. And then the new wife is confused, and there's nothing you could do about that. So Absolutely nothing. So, yes. I, had, and I have witnessed this. I, I have had phone calls about this from soldiers and their ex-wives and their, few, and their current wives. You want to make sure your beneficiary is is who you want. Any life changes, you need to make sure you change that beneficiary policy. We're saying that, and we didn't. You know, we we, didn't, we, we didn't. don't be like us. Don't sit here. I mean, a good six plus months more into our marriage, and we have not prioritized doing that. So we should probably do that before the end of the month. Yeah. Um. But yes, there are some. I mean, you probably could talk to some people. There's some tragic stories out there. Um. So yeah, that ex that ex wife and wife story is not something that I made up. That's something that I actually witnessed. Um. Fortunately, a soldier passed away. Um, and it went to his um, his ex-wife because he never changed the beneficiary form. So four hundred thousand dollars, and it's it's not a short process. You die, you got a death certificate, send it to a life insurance company. They're cutting you a check next couple of days. So that that money goes to the ex-wife, and the new wife is confused as to why she hasn't received the the death benefit yet, which she's in need of. She's probably entitled to, but you know it's it sucks when you got to tell a, a new wife that. You know, your husband never um, changed the beneficiary forms yeah. and there's nothing, nothing anybody can do about that. Um, so, you know, I know with the military, they make us check that every year. That's something we got to scrutinize every year. So um, and, and as a family, we, you know, we, you 
probably should have some type of estate planning meeting every year just in case anything changes. Um, so. And you hear about it. You got to think about it too, right? Because we're talking now if one of us passes away, right? God forbid both, both of us pass away. Yeah. You know, you have to have the conversation of, okay, you know, beyond who now is going to raise your kids, but where is that money going? Um, there are instances where you hear that the kids go to one family member, but the money is managed by somebody else. I mean, you have to have those conversations. Uh, to A, you, you don't want any person. I don't care how financially responsible anybody is. No one wants to receive a check of close to half a million dollars or more and then kind of be overwhelmed with what was expected as far as where is this money going? What needs to be taken care of? Um, and in the case of hopefully if you're blessed enough that, you know, you don't have that much debt. I mean, that's a lot of money to just in a, in a be full, there. In a full transparency, we have had this conversation, right? Um, God forbid we both die um, and, you know, we have to leave our children with a family member. We've talked about who that family member is going to be and how much of the life insurance is going to go to that family member to be able to be well equipped to to um, follow on, follow through with that responsibility of raising our children. So, um, again, these are. So know, we've had the conversation, but we haven't talked to our peoples about it. Yeah, we haven't. So, yeah. like, that's how that's where we're at with the estate planning. But it hasn't been an easy conversation, I would say, too. Right. It because we're we're a big family and we need to. We need to choose wisely, right? I mean, <laughs> we're in a not- very unique situation too because we will hopefully have two children. So we have C, who has been really raised and around my family. And if we have, and when we have a second child, you know, now we have to consider like what is the best household for the two of them because we don't want them split up and separated. Um, and then we also considering things like, you Who's know, who's going to be taking care. Taking care of them. them. Our parents getting older. So do you want your parents who are, you know, getting older to have the responsibility of young kids? Um, And then our siblings are at all different points in in their life. And who's going to be financially responsible with the money, too? I mean, right. So it is a lot to consider. Um, (laughs) It's it's not an easy conversation. um, And it 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 takes a level of um, takes a level of uh, just a scrutiny. To, to ensure that, you know, you're doing the right thing. And, you know, follow-on conversations as well. I mean, like I said, we've, we've, we've threw out some names of who we intend to do that with. But, again, putting pen to paper and saying, you know. This is a plan. If, yeah, getting the will together. If, you know, we both happen to die, this money goes to this person um, along with the kids, right? So, right. And, and so, again. Or even the money goes to someone else and the kids are with someone else. And how is that? conversation between the two people you know take place that they need money for the kids you know because the two things you don't want yeah is the state dealing with your money oh which no is probate <laughs> and um <laughs> or leaving money to somebody that you know it's just not financial that won't be financially responsible with it the probate part you definitely don't want you do not want the state coming in and just long um, drawn out process. process so um yeah these conversations are definitely important to have so I think I see we keep avoiding this question. So what? Jay, you if, answer this one first. I don't want to go for it. I don't know. Okay. If the unfortunate happens, if if you if I die and the money comes to you, a nice check for one point. Say I die tomorrow, one point two million dollars. I just say you go first and you gonna put it on me. 
Okay, well, you didn't ask the question. So (laughs) if you die. (laughs) If I pass away and you get over a million dollars, what are you doing with that money? Uh, Paying off bills. Um, Fortunately, uh, college will be taken care of. um, Making sure to be completely debt free. Um, And the rest, I I honestly don't know yet. I wouldn't know. I mean, um, I would think uh, give some away. Um, but also just set to set the family up for, to ensure that they're taken care of. I mean, it, it's again, you get $1.2 million and again, there's no taxes on that. Right. So it's like, it's a fresh 1.2 million. You would say, you know, make sure all the bills are paid, right. Take, get get rid of all the debts, um, ensure future wise college is taken care of. Um, and then anything else is, is what, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go spend it. Um, <laughs> Why wouldn't you? I mean, Number one, you I would think you need time to mourn, right? I would think. But number two, like what is you like what are you gonna go spend it on? Like it's not the time to go ball out of control and buy a new car. Or buy <laughs> yeah, it's not the like same. That. Um so yeah, you would you know, I would ensure that the the basics are taken care of are taken care of first. Um and honestly I think the given part would be like with that amount of money you Right, would we'll take care of some issues with family that you know you probably want to take it, and and you would want to do what the other person would want to do if they had that, uh, they were here and they had that sort of money. Um, so, you so I think that's another conversation between the two of us. Is what what would you want me to do with the money? Yeah, we haven't had this conversation. We, this is live conversation. We've yeah. never talked about this before again because it was a good question that was asked by a listener. Um, I don't know. I would definitely want you to give my family some of the money. I would definitely want you to do that. I know for me, I would want you to do that. And I think it's safe to say you would want me to do that with your family. Um, just to give some of that out. Um, not like as a a token or anything like that. But did it, yeah. I think we're both giving people. I would definitely want you to give. Um, and God forbid, I mean, if my mother was, if my mother is, is, my mother is still alive. And if she was still alive, if I was. And you passed? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I would definitely want you to, to do that. Um but no, my family, they probably wouldn't take it and same vice versa. They probably, yeah, <laughs> That's the funny part, right? We'd be like, okay, <laughs> we want to give the either. money. So I think you you find other ways to do stuff, right? So yeah. then you... The nieces and nephews, you vacations, take care of their college. do a yeah. college fund, set up something like that. Something to the family. I definitely would want yeah. something to my family if I die. Vice versa, what would you want? Uh, At least that, let's say, because... I mean, I don't... Honestly, I mean, we talk about money a lot on our podcast. Like, one point... A million dollars, that's a lot without any taxes coming from it. Um, I mean, Jay may think that I'm full of nonsense, but like, you know, I'd probably be so distraught that I don't, I think the the money is the last thing I'd be thinking about probably for a long time. Um, so honestly, it would probably sit for a while um, unless there was something that Jay clearly was like, yo, I want you to take X amount of money and go do something to like, then I would honor that. But outside of that, like, I think like Jay mentioned earlier, like the money doesn't replace your person. And, you know, I think especially knowing that the money came from, you know, you trying to set up to make sure your family's all right. Yes. Pay the bills, make sure you're fine. But outside of that, I don't, I honestly don't know. Or at this point, I don't have an idea of what I would want to do with it. Um, I mean, I think like giving back. So yeah, to family, um, probably going so far as setting up some sort of scholarship um, within, you know, 
the schools that you went to and your name, some way to honor you, I think for me is like, you know, how do I create, kind of use that money to help create the legacy that we are constantly talking about. Um, but outside of that, like, I think it would probably take some while, some time to get used to like, are there things that you want to spend your money on and what would you want to spend the money on? And then also realizing, right, you know, depending on when and if that would happen, you know, if I'm still working, you know, it's not like you necessarily need that money to go do the things that you would want to do that I don't know. I mean, Jay knows me that I probably have some bit of guilt trying to spend, spend the money, especially if it wasn't used on something meaningful. So I think for me, it'd just be making sure our family's straight and figuring out ways to honor, honor you. And then honestly, probably put in an investment account and let, like, I mean, we've talked about this. If you put a million dollars into uh, an investment account, a mutual fund, yeah. you know, you're going to yield so much money that then, I mean, a million dollars based on like 4% a million is what 40,000 a year. I mean, you can, safely live off that but yeah you know the, the minimum and let's say you know for shits and giggles right i would definitely want um pay off any bills let's say i mean we the, the way we're trending we won't have many but we'll have gifts give some to some family nieces nephews all that other good stuff two i mean i probably would say get a building or something i would oh. definitely say get a get a get a real estate building or something of that nature um yeah, and then that would be, and then the rest is whatever. But um, <laughs> it's there. Yeah, when I mean, you think about it. One point two million. You don't want to start planning the, what you would do with it, but you know, it's <laughs> it's it's there. But the, those, but it's a valid question. Those like th- those are things I would definitely want. Like put it in something that's gonna continuously make money right. for the family. So whether that's a, a getting the building, um, pay it forward, doing a mutual fund. Um, after you do the basics of taking that, care of everyone, taking care of anything, any debt. Um, put in, put it into something that's going to generate some money. No, um, and I think that's another reason why it's important to talk to your beneficiaries, right? About, you know, let's say I know some people decide that okay, your spouse and maybe your parents get some of the money. You want to have that conversation. You don't want anyone in your family, especially at a time when your spouse has passed away, um, fighting over money. Yeah, fighting over money or thinking that. People are entitled to a certain amount because, you know, maybe. And I think that's for me where I would I would definitely want there to be some level of clarity. Like, OK, if if money is supposed to be given to family members, how much, you know, in what way? I mean, we've we've talked about this even like we like to play the lottery every now and then. Like if we got so much money, what would you do? And like, how would you divvy it out to family? You want to make sure that like you're very clear on what the plans and intentions are. Um, should the worst case happen because those can be some of the most bitter heart-wrenching as well as the most toxic conversations that can happen in life when someone passes away and there's disputes over the finances that are left behind and I just couldn't imagine as a spouse I mean a mourning Jay but also having to deal with you know, any sort of, and I don't think this would ever happen in our families, but you just don't want to end up in those scenarios. I think it's similar to the the soldier who has the ex-wife and never changed his policy. Um, you know, you're mourning a spouse and now you have to deal with the headache of 
where's that money that you need um and you just don't you just don't want things to become awkward or anything along those lines i think yeah i mean but you you can't anticipate you can the planning right you could plan as much as you can but you know you you'll never be able to understand <laughs> what they really do with it so all you can do is you you do all this planning in the hopes of right in the hopes that somebody will do that um so you know that you take that take that for what it's worth right so you you leaving your beneficiaries uh this nice amount of money you know you just hope that they do the right thing with it um and they do it based off of um things that you've written down and there's and there's things in the state planning that can give individuals details exactly how you want it the done. Money so to there's wills and, and when you put in there's instructions to trust um so there's you know there's ways you can if you if you're worried about that type of stuff you there's ways you can i wouldn't know. even say worried about it i think sometimes too like if it's in a trust for your spouse or significant other that's one less thing that they have to worry about i would yeah. honestly for myself probably prefer a trust be established just because you know you want to be able to mourn and move on and not have to now deal with the business aspects related to a trust. If you can already establish that um, when you're not in grief, I think for me personally, it probably would be the ideal situation. Like, oh, yes, the life insurance is paid out. Well, I know it's going in all these trusts and I know exactly what each trust is meant for. And I don't have to personally handle a lot of that. Like to me, I feel like that, that would be money well invested um, to help move on with life and not have to deal with. I mean, that's a lot of money to try to manage, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's our story about life insurance and what we have, what we think is the best way to go forward with life insurance. And whatever you choose, please have some life insurance in place. Yeah. Um, what, whatever you decide, have life. please have life insurance in place. Um, there's no policy too small, um, but you should definitely want to have it in place and leave your family with something, um, other than a burden of having to deal with, um, burying you and, and, and trying to move on after your death. So, um, whatever policy you choose, just, just make sure you have a policy in place. Um, no, can't be too big. It can't be too small. So thanks for tuning in this week. Thanks for listening. That's it for this week's episode.